Hi everyone, welcome at Wavehacked. Today with Rebecca Orloff, who is the founder of Epic Playdate and also former writer, digital and TV producer at various companies and also is currently founding an own web free project. I would be curious about that one too. And today we're going to talk about building successful web free brands. Thank you for being here, Rebecca. It's a pleasure talking with you. And starting out, I would love to hear from yourself. What are you passionate about? How does your day look like? And yeah, what are you up to? Yes, well, of course, thank you for having me, Kevin. Um, I follow you on LinkedIn and I love that you share all this great content. We were just talking about that and like give space to people to share and talk themselves. So I appreciate that you are doing these podcasts and like videos, which is very cool. So thank you. Um, yes, I do all those things. I'm Rebecca Orlov of Epic Playdate. Um, uh, Epic Playdate is a creative studio of strategists, designers, storytellers, and what I like to say, all around good humans. Um, we, our strength is working with clients to define and then translate their mission and model into compelling and effective visual narratives by way of custom website design and builds, brand positioning, uh, collateral suites, video production suites, social media strategy and content generation, email strategy, and then deployment, um, interactive and immersive experiences, um, really anything our clients need from a visual experience. Um, one of our strengths and what I love and what I love so much about working with clients is that everything we do is woven in the ethos of their of our client um, and really like who their, who their clients are, who their customer is and how we can help support with their challenges to solve it. So an Epic Playdate, um, we have about five consultants who work with us um, on our projects. Right now we have three going full time. Um, and Epic Playdate is truly just that. We get to make really cool things with awesome people. So we have our clients and we have consultants and it's just like an awesome party of people creating and doing. So awesome. I really enjoy all of that. Um, typical day, well, busy as always, the life of an entrepreneur. <laughs> so I think <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, I am also at a stage in my career where I'm going to sleep early and I'm waking up super early. It's like super bizarre. Like I used to stay up all um, hours of the night, still wake up like, you know, seven or eight, but I am up at like 5 a.m., Go at go get it. And um, but I also do a lot of little self-care in there, a little journaling, a little like meditation. <laughs> I've discovered that and it actually Important, is very beautiful. Yeah. yeah, for me, it's really, really cool and really beautiful. Um, I'm also a mom to a very um, beautiful, fun, and savvy, tech savvy, um, eight and a half year old. She's eight and a half now. I have to be very clear about the half. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are about to go into third grade. Um, she is um, currently at camp, so we're like busy with drop off and then of course school during the year. But she's it's also been super cool to mix like all of like the digital experiences. Like she's deep into like several walled garden games. I mean, she's been in them for since she's been born. I mean, she's Gen Alpha, the glass generation. I mean, she's completely savvy in and around tech. Um, and we have a tech schedule because of course I believe in moderation with the little ones. Um, so she has about 30 to 45 minutes a day and she gets to allocate her time on her tech schedule. So she gets to play Minecraft, Roblox, Tokoboka. Um, and she also is burgeoning YouTube star in her mind. She has like one video up, but we're getting there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so the yeah, we're getting there. So the balance between work life, 
um, you know, Epic Playdate, and then of course, deep diving into my Web3 renaissance and learning and engaging. And then of course, being a mom uh, to my daughter and um, intentional parent, as I say, and then self-care for me. So it's always busy. And like most people, I imagine you feel the same way. You have to carve time to do things that you love. Yeah, yeah. Taking yeah. time on what's really important for you, that's actually the way, right? Not yeah. letting time control you. That's, totally. I think, very important. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, since I have my own uh, seven-year-old daughter, uh, daughter, I would love to hear, uh, I know we haven't discussed that before, uh, how do you actually balance that? I, I know balance is like a difficult <laughs> word, I right? I, I'm also, uh, that's not like... A, you, you know what I mean, uh, just yeah. in general, just being a parent itself, like no matter if it's a father or a mother, it's difficult, right? It's uh, as much energy you get from children, you also uh, have to give away a lot of energy. I, I would be just curious. Well, no, it is hard. I mean, it is hard. I mean, parenting is equally beautiful as it is equally challenging. And I think that's coming from intentional parents and most parents are intentional, <laughs> meaning like you are active. Um, one of the things that has really worked, so my daughter is a single child, but an only child, but she has a half sister who's older and she has cut, like there's people around her that are her peers, but I've been really good at teaching her since she was little about independent play. And I love independent play. Like I want her to go and do and explore and create. And so we do that offline um, and then online as well. So I mentioned like we do have a, what I call a tech schedule because she would be on the iPad day in, day out. I yeah. mean, my joke during the pandemic was either she's going to be like incredibly educated because I'm, you know, I'm going to be homeschooling with her and like not working and we'll have to like who knows what will happen with like our you know income or she'll be like a total gamer and like forget school because I'm working and she's going to be on the iPad. But either way, we found the balance. But, um, you know, it's fascinating because what I like to do is bridge her digital life with real life activities. Mm -hmm. So she's very into designing. We're like all over the creative mode in Minecraft. And I, I will offer often encourage her to storyboard. I've taught her like what storyboarding is with her arts and crafts and she'll go and she'll create a world like a house or an oh, experience wow. and then she'll create that and then translate that into a minecraft experience it's wild and it's super cool and then i feel like okay cool parenting in real life parenting you know check like i did it <laughs> now she can go on the ipad <laughs> <laughs> it's been cool to see her like adopt it um like what she envisions and then how she translates that it's cool awesome awesome yeah uh i think that's that's perfect right you give her uh discipline you give her uh, some sort of structure and still let her be creative in so many ways and actually flourish right uh, by the way quickly that's my web3 project which we'll get to i'll share i haven't yeah, told you about please, it yet, please please let me know but before we get into the branding stuff maybe you want to talk about it okay yeah, sure. well, no, i think so um and i'm actually going to change it soon but um so i have a very immersed in web3 um as far as an incurious um, uh, attendee, you know, like I believe we're all learning. It's such an interesting time. We're all exploring. Um, I call this like the Renaissance period because like how lucky are we to like create, build and try and just see everything we're doing now most likely won't even be in the vernacular and like experiences in five years. Like I don't think the word crypto will be used at all in five years. It'll be called something else. 
Um, I do believe that Web3 itself needs a rebranding, which <laughs> I yeah. think um, to get to the mass adoption of the, the world, we're, we're going to have to shift that. But that being said, um, because I'm, set, I'm an intentional parent, along with the, seeing like the beauty and the opportunity of like Web3 applications, as I call them, or experiences, I mean, the, the web is the web, like it's just evolving. Um, I'm Oliver Gen Alpha. So your daughter, my daughter, like what are they going to be doing in 20 years? Well, I want to create something meaningful that will then grow with them as they grow. So I created a concept called Meta Mamas. It's really for moms and parents, intentional parents. And really the concept is a platform to empower, educate, and champion parents, like intentional parents, to learn Web3 application, to then in turn advocate safe measures and protocols to give infinite creative space for those Gen Alpha kids. Because the Gen Alpha kids, they're going to go and play. But because they're young people, young humans, there should be safety measures around them at least to protect them in some ways. I, I'm an 80-20 person. You know, I'm a marketing person. So I do believe that 80% of the world are kind humans. <laughs> There's 20% that <laughs> might not be as kind. So we do have to make sure that those kids are protected in a meaningful way. But I truly want to give what I call infinite creative space. You know, when you watch your daughter play, like you just want to see what she comes up with. Like, what do you, give her the room to go and do. So Meta Mamas is really um, the root of that is providing space. So if we know the adults understand Web3 application, understand how to um, leverage and utilize the blockchain in a meaningful way, understand what 3D experiences could be, understand what utility means, um, understand how to grow and create, then perhaps we can then turn that into opportunities for these young kids. So there's lots of lots of opportunity coming with Meta Mamas. Um, I have another brand under that called Meta Kiddos, which I'd love to see. I mean, this is like, I'm like a hundred years from now. I mean, my eyes are big, but why not have like, our kids can be part of like a 3D marketplace. They can go in and create, they have their own wallets, what I call their backpacks, their own wallets. Uh, my daughter can create something in the incubator or like the accelerator and then sell it, or maybe she lends it to your daughter, but the smart contracts are being deployed. Who knows? I mean, but some type of cool, um, like, factory or some type of cool digital experience where these kids can go and actually create and then put it on a marketplace that they're running. It's empowered by them and they're going and doing. So this is all like very much in the future and I'm still seeding the idea, but there's so many people who are so passionate about Web3 yeah. that are parents. So Meta Mamas and Meta Kiddos is kind of where we're at. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to see how it plays out. Have a big yeah. vision, right? That's how it yeah. usually should be, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. Um, going back to actually our topic, um, but I would be curious on that, uh, on your project later on in detail as well. Yeah. But um, what actually makes a good brand for you, right? What's not related to Web3, but just in general, what's a good brand? I love this question. I love that you're starting with it. I just think a connection. So you have to have be, be connected to the brand's product and service, but really how this brand's helping you, right? The product and service is helping you in some way, which is the all root, the ethos of like consumerism and capitalism. It's, I have a challenge, this brand serves my purpose, helps me in a meaningful and effective way. That's what this is doing. So I think, and I actually read this really interesting statistic. It's like 
from a Harvard professor, it's like 95% of people like shop purchase subconsciously, whether it's like through word of mouth or influence or emotion. And emotion's like a big driver, which I think is so interesting because if you feel like you need it, it is, it piques your curiosity. You're 100% more likely to purchase something um, than to um, move past it. So I think a connection is key. I mean, that's number one about um, creating that brand. And that's why a brand promises are so powerful. So your brand voice is, you know, your brand, your mission rather is like who you are and what you do, why you're unique. Your value prop is why you're a good solution. But the promise is really like the expectation that the customer can expect all the time. Like that's powerful. So if I know, like, I'm just going to say like, I fly Southwest a lot. It's a, they fly, you know, internationally now, but it's a really popular airline here in the States. And I just speak about them. I'm talking about them right now organically because they have great product, great experience in and out for 25 years. I've been flying them. So to me, there's an emotional experience that I feel <laughs> when I'm <laughs> using their service. Um, so yeah, I think connection is huge. Um, I think retention is more important than acquiring. Acquisition is huge. I mean, that's a costly good for a brand to build, but it's like, how do you then continue? The, the people that have already purchased your product like that brand should be all over them. And they are, it's like, wow, you like what we're selling? Like, let's keep talking. Like I have other things I can sell you. And how is that thing going for you? You know, that's why I love the, I do love the automation of um, messaging and communications. Now it's more deployed through, of course, the, the um, Clavios of the world and like the CRMs, you know, all manage that, but they're kind of keeping you in the wheel, you know, and that's the goal of it too. So I think, um, and also in addition to selling that product, you become like what I just said for Southwest, like a brand loyalist. Like now I'm in your community. Yeah. I'm going to talk about you to my friends. So yeah. those are two Wo big things for me. Word of mouth is still the most important factor, right? In branding, yes. basically. If it's someone true. you trust or like basically tells you that's awesome, then you yeah. will probably believe it, right? Yeah. And that's like the most, that's number one, that connection to me. It's like, whether it's through the brand or through a friend or through, I mean, influence, I think influence is so interesting, right? Um, why are you um, tempted or swayed, um, swayed this way or that way based on someone else? It's really wild, right? Like human nature. So, which yeah. is why I like the work I do, because we really help establish different points for brands to then take on that walk. Cause if people listen, brand messaging changes cause people change all the time. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's most important for a brand to stay authentic, right? Staying true to yourself because people notice, right? If you are not really are, if your company isn't aligned with your original or huge communicated vision or mission, then people don't really trust you, I think, right? That's, I completely agree. Yeah. That's, just look at some uh, huge brands. We, there are brands everyone loves and there are brands everyone at least doesn't trust. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so let's yeah, put we'll it that way. Skeptic, we'll say skeptical of, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think you're right. I think that, and that's where it comes down to, like doing all that research in the beginning, like, Who's your, who's your, what's your, what, what's the problem and who are you solving it for? So if those are the two things that you can figure out, of course, that's where all these things fall under. Um, that's being authentic. That's rooted in your mission. 
And really it's not just how you solve it, it's how you uniquely solve it. Like, why are you different than this company that does the same thing? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, yeah we have talked now about big, big brands, right? So when I'm looking at new projects or new startups right now, especially in the web free space, how would you tell them uh, to actually start out, right? How to actually do brand building from the very, very beginning? As like a Web3 native company, like we're not starting from Web3. Maybe, yeah, since it's a Web3 podcast, let's- Yeah, it's not, why not? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think this applies though to everything. So, which is interesting because Epic Playdate, like me, Rebecca Orlova of Epic Playdate, because we have people who work with us and consult, but myself as uh, the founder of Epic Playdate, I am starting to like do a bit more of these like advising pieces, which are so amazing because I'm so passionate about creating brand experiences, really memorable, but effective for the customer and the brand. Um, so to naturally go into work with Web3 native companies who a lot of, um, I will say this, if you're starting from zero, you have a product, but forget about the product almost. You have to always think, always, what challenge are you solving? You just have to, like, why does someone even care about this? Um, and why would they want to then continue caring about you? Like you're solving, like if, if I drop something on the floor and a stranger walks by, I was like, oh, here you go. I'm like, thank you. Like the admiration <laughs> and the, the gratitude, right? Um, I don't know this person, but I'm feeling their frequency and that the value, like we, I had a connection with them. So there's that connection again. So now think about the products you're creating, um, whether it's web two, the current iteration of the web or now web three, which does add in an opportunity to have like skin in the game with like smart contracts, which is, we can talk about that, but like, what are you solving? Really? That's what people want to know. And why, and how are you solving it uniquely? So I think I've seen that some companies, Web3 Native are just throwing these products out and like, here's a token. It's like, for what, you know, yeah. like you need to have a real product market fit. Like, why does someone need this? And then have some opportunity to share um, how to continue that engagement, the retention. So I would definitely start with all, like, put it on a post-it note, like tattoo it on your hand. Like, I don't care, but always think <laughs> what problem am I solving uniquely for my target audience? That's awesome. It. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's a super strong one. It sounds so simple, right? But uh, I think 95% of all NFT and token projects don't even get that, right? It's like, uh, let's do an NFT or token and sure. let's, build utility or a game around it. Let's try it. Let's add a staking mechanism afterwards. And yeah. Let's that's... see. Yeah. It's wild because like, I, I agree and I'm seeing it. So I, um, I real quickly, as far as my like foray into like web three, like in like early 2021, this is like before brands are really jumping into TikTok. I was like all over TikTok during the pandemic in 2020, much like most of people. Awesome. <laughs> I came across a TikTok and this girl was, I think I saved it. I have to go find actually. The girl's like, have you bought your crypto domains? I'm like, what is that? Like, I've heard the word crypto. I had no investment, nothing in it yet. And why it piqued my interest was I always have, I have about 35 domain names right now. I buy them. They're just 10 bucks on like GoDaddy or wherever. If something's cool or interesting, I might buy it and like hold on to it. Um, to me, a $10 investment per year is pretty, pretty nice. Like R&D. So of course that piqued my interest with crypto domains. So I did some research and I learned about unstoppable domains. That's what she was talking about. So of course I got into that a little bit. Then my partner and I, he's like, maybe we should go in and start investing in crypto over the summer. Sure, why not? Here's like a hundred dollars. Like, I don't even know, Bitcoin maybe, you know. 
And then I got my mask, my MetaMask. And then I started looking at NFTs. January, 2022 is when I really jumped in. Um, I am really, really, really all eyes, fully down the rabbit hole of NFT initiatives. These are not projects, in my opinion, rather communities and businesses, structured companies almost, that have missions and promises that are fueling Web3 application through NFT, to through tokens, right? Um, utility. So I think that um, oh my God, I just, I'm like talking away and I just like forgot our question. No, 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 please uh, continue. Super interesting. <laughs> about how these companies start. And then, oh, so I'm in one of the, and I'm in a few DAOs. One of the communities I'm in, that's not a DAO yet. And they don't have an NFT yet. It's a company, it's a community called Jump, um, founded by this really cool guy, Jeff Kaufman. He's awesome, smart, super kind, and really passionate about Web3. And Jump is really geared towards marketers and advertising professionals. Um, you have to apply to get in for free though, but you are vetted. And what's happened is he's taken about a year to build a community. And this community is live. They are vocal. We talk, talk, talk. And it's like-minded people, professionals sharing so much great information. And he's built this community of like-minded individuals who come together because of their love of Web3, curiosity of Web3, and their experience and interest in marketing and brand experiences. Well, now it's happening. He has a valid community. So now he can release a really, really significant token. And by significant, I mean, right away, like I know I'm gonna get it because it's giving me now access to something I'm already vested in. Like I already know it's proven its concept to me. Jump is a community that I will be in. And I'm in a way loyal to because of what I've seen him, you know, the community already do for me. Not just do for me, it solved a challenge. Like I was looking to find marketing professionals and I was looking to find web three advertising people and look what happened. So in addition, he has the retention. He's consistent in his communications. There's always experiences happening and they happen weekly. Um, the communication's fantastic. It's in the discord, email and SMS, which is huge. So wow. I think that, the, and then he said something really profound, which I love. I mean, this is like a, a jump Jeff love fest, but it's, um, tokens don't build, um, what is it? Now I'm going to get it wrong. Um, tokens don't build communities, communities build tokens. And isn't that yep. just so simple yet? Like why aren't more <laughs> brands? So to say all that brands can really, really listen to that, right? Their, their community are their customers. Yeah. That's yeah. Their so keep activating them and then slowly introduce web three concepts that will provide utility. 100%. It's all about value creation in the end, right? Yeah. Not just uh, printing some new assets, but basically really yeah. providing value to your beloved community, like giving something back. I love that. Yeah, yeah, to your beloved community. And I wish fans would start saying, this is our community, because they are. I mean, there's transactions happening. There's a product sold or a service given and sold. But it's truly a community of people that are engaged and curious um, and they're in a flywheel. They're like moving around and they're customers of yours, but they're community members that are like you and I just talked about Southwest, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so all that good stuff. Yeah. The power of communities is, uh, I, I think everyone saw it. It's so crazy. A community can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And that's <laughs> a powerful statement, right? We have seen that with Luna, for example. Uh, yeah. it's yeah, crazy, crazy.
Well, that's, I mean, how you and I met, like we're both passionate about web three. Um, we are in like similar LinkedIn communities and, and content experiences. And that's how we cross paths. And like, now we forged a connection and, you know, we're doing something really neat. We're collaborating together. I mean, that's, that's really cool. You know, and that all stemmed from, in my opinion, community as a root, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn itself. I think that's such a, uh, a incredible opportunity, right? You can meet so many amazing people there with just one message away. It's yeah, incredible. It's yeah, no other words for that. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a great, and you know what I love too, that they are investing in their creator program. Like LinkedIn has yeah. like creators, a creator program for all industries and verticals. So everyone's welcome in LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's how it should be, right? Yeah, Communities should be. should be in general inclusive, yeah. but for sure there are also some exclusive communities that make sense and are awesome, right? But that that's awesome. Cool. Um, and speaking of NFTs, uh, somehow the metaverse, as you uh, said in the beginning with Roblox and so on, uh, looking at branding, right? How do you think uh, NFTs or the metaverse in general might actually affect the whole branding industry? Is there something mm -hmm. we might have to care or <laughs> watch for? Yeah. Well, that's a really great question. And absolutely, yes. Um, so, of course, there's like a brand, which is the brand, um, like uh, brand identity, right? There's like the look, the feel, the um, consistent um, aesthetic that someone can find at any turn and they see the brand. So they want to, it wants to feel um, consistent and familiar. So whether you're walking past a billboard or you are getting fed a native ad through your like Instagram scroll, you want it to feel relevant and familiar. So that will, I hope that continues. Um, now that doesn't say you have to do the same thing. Of course, that's just saying the brand has created a tonality. Now the brand, that's branding, right? The brand as a brand narrative and brand storytelling, which is like what I love so much, like this is gonna be huge. It already is huge, but yeah. I have a personal, like my personal and professional point of view on Web3. It, and I'm like all over D2A, which is direct to avatar, fashion, they are music, they are leading right now. Metaverse builds, great. NFT projects, NFT initiatives, all of the things, DeFi, crypto investments, all of it. My belief is that the only two things have to happen. Web three has to be rebranded. So people are like the word crypto might be taken away or digital wallet will be yeah. replaced. Ticketing slash fandom is what's going to drop it to everyone. So we know that NFTs, which are just non-fungible tokens, like mine tokens, not equal to your token because mm -hmm. it's unique with a contract. However, my dollar bill is fungible and it's equal to your dollar bill. So the difference between NFT and FT is just that one is equal of value, one is not equal of value. And that's just like super lay, lay speak. Ticketing is the most um, celebrated, in my opinion, um, utility. So I'm gonna go see Imagine Dragons in Las Vegas in September or August, I think, no, September. Um, I'm excited. And you know, what's cool is like, now I get, I actually, I'm going to get a paper ticket. Cause I asked for one. Cause I like to keep them. That's, but what does that ticket get? I bought it. 
It's now in my Apple wallet because it's all digital. But what is that ticket giving me? Access to the show. We already are using utility and tickets, of course. So think utility and think ticketing. Fandom is part of that. So you get um, a ticket to a culture experience, a game, a football game. Um, by the way, NFL just released that. Now they're giving commemorative NFTs for your ticket yeah. stubs. Smart. Um, but all of this is like the loyalty to, as a fan, like professional fans are a real thing. So YouTube just released like the other week, like last week or earlier this week, um, their like culture and trend report. Um, and I'm not like a huge YouTuber, but I love seeing what trend, large companies like that, because they have, why? Thousands and thousands and then billions and billions of users. I mean, this is data collected literally from the most people around the world. And one of their whole sections was about the professional fan and the rise of the professional fan being, um, you know, making a, a, a living off of sharing their love of the game. So then there's companies like Autograph, which is Tom Brady's, like I call it fan, fan fueled Web3. They basically are reimagining baseball card, the cards, right? value of cards. So yeah. put that all together. And that to me is what's going to tip to the masses. That makes sense. Um, I read recently that the Paris Olympics in like 2024, which is two and a half years from now, I mean, which is we know in web three, like a month in web three is like a year in, or in real life, like, I'm oh, sorry, it moves so much Definitely. faster. Like it just moves <laughs> so fast. Like web three is just like rapid, rapid, rapid. But I mean, that might make sense. In two and a half years, your ticket in to the games will be an NFT. You own it, it's memorabilia, it's fandom, it's access. Maybe it gives you access to events in and around the world that lead up to it. Who knows what they're gonna do? But the point is there's something really meaningful there. So as far as the role of like NFTs and metaverse and branding, and by the way, some of that, well, I, my prediction is too, that like things will start happening parallel in a metaverse and in real life. Just so much is gonna be happening and maybe, um, you get access to certain, you know, I, I, we could go, we could do a whole other thing on the metaverse. Like that's like a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy actually. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I do think it's going to be huge. It's just going to become what we know. Everything will be essentially a token that you hold in your digital wallet. It's yours. You own it. Um, I think this is going to work totally for identification. Um, if you've read about soulbound tokens, if you've yeah. not do, I know we talked about them. You inspired me, Kevin, to post more about them. Um, which is a concept, I think, you know, which is important to note that our identity could live inside of this token. I love that NFTs could be like proof of learning, you know, um, for education. Of course, um, membership, you could then sell your membership if you no longer need it. There's just so many applications for the utility um, that we're already doing now. It's just in the form of a digital asset. Yeah, 100%. Um, many interesting things said. Jumping on your first argument, basically, I 100% agree with that we actually need to get rid of the term Web3, crypto, <laughs> yeah. DeFi, all that NFT and all that kind of stuff. Just looking at uh, PlayStation, for example, right? They didn't actually launch NFTs, yeah, but uh, it's very, very close to what they uh, to actual NFTs, right. right? Are they calling them stars, I think? What are they calling them? Yeah, I, I think just digital collectibles. So just oh, okay. digital not NFTs, yeah. right? Just, just not uh, NFTs, avoid so yeah. the term, yeah? And I think uh, that message already spread around the globe that we need to get rid of that. that we actually need to merge that with 
uh, either Web2 or the real world so that people don't actually need to know if they're actually using blockchain right now, but yeah, they are just enjoying the utility, right? They're just getting value out of it. Yeah, That's how it should be. That's uh, just amazing as you uh, brought up tickets, right? Because if I think back of, if you basically, very simple use case, you buy a concert ticket, right? And suddenly one day before you get sick, you can't attend. What are you going to do? Maybe you go to one of those uh, that Facebook groups or search yeah. for the internet, uh, in the internet for some sort of ticket exchange website. I don't know. And now if it's an NFT, you go to OpenSea, list it <laughs> for some price and hopefully someone buys it, right? Or uh, even afterwards as memory or something like that. That's a big one. It's, yeah, crazy, crazy. So By the way, I want to tell you, you're totally right. And um, I just read the PlayStation one. It was funny because like, like anything, people have a point of view and that's great. You, we're all, <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of people seem to, be, it was a bit polarizing. I'm like, you know what? I think it's interesting. They obviously are like creating something. Um, another company, a huge company who is also not using NFT or wallet is Shopify. So because I build websites, we do a lot of uh, e-com I'm really curious about Shopify. They're a huge e-commerce platform, as you know, um, with just millions of customers. So it's brilliant and a no-brainer that they would be agile and shift into ob obviously providing some type of connect wallet feature. But they're not calling it that because it is not Web2 friendly. So they actually are calling it gated merch, a gated awesome. merch feature. So I just listened to a podcast by the head of crypto. His name is Alex. It was actually a really great podcast. Um, and he shared like really awesome overview of why. And, and that's really why. And I love that because listen, they want their customers are living and breathing right now. And they want to yeah. provide something. They don't, like you just said, not everyone needs to know something was deployed in a blockchain. Not everyone needs to know any of these things. They want to just get what they want when they want it. Um, and that's really it. So yeah, dated merch is their rebrand of a wallet. And Hot it's wallet. <laughs> actually super cool because it actually describes what it yeah. means, right? It's not I just agree. like I some like, cryptic totally. term or something like that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I really learned a lot already. Um, <laughs> for me, when, when I uh, look at new Web3 companies right now, I would be interested in, maybe three very simple steps on how to actually get started. I know we had that zero to 100 uh, on how to actually start a brand from zero, but are there some other three key takeaways you want to give the audience on how to actually build great brands? That's such a good question. And I will just say, again, focus as you're focusing on your product, as you're building that and working with your engineers and developing your ops, build your community. You don't even need your product yet because you will already have understood, you've done the research to understand who your market is. So build and build and build and then build again and then build again, just activate and just get in there and get in there as the founders. Um, so that's huge um, and get those conversations going. And then honestly develop an action plan. And an action plan to me represents like the next many uh, phases. It doesn't have to be 
a roadmap. I mean, certainly people call it that a manifesto. It's basically like, what is the action plan? Like, what is the why? Like, why is someone going to kind of, because ultimately they're going to invest in you and they're going to own part of, fractionally own part of this product through an NFT, let's say. So now they have skin in the game, um, which I like to say. Um, when you provide your utility, which is also part of developing your action plan, give what I'm going to call immediate utility. This is changing and so many companies are not doing this, but I'm going to give you a quick example because this to me is huge. There's two examples. One, Old Navy. Old Navy, like part of Gap and Interpublic, like big box family clothing store. They quietly announced the NFT at the end of June. I found out about it on Twitter through the partner they used, which was Sweet.io, which was their marketplace that they used to mint these. Well, what was so cool about this? Old Navy is not an NFT company. You can't even find NFT on their website. It was like oldnavy.com slash NFT. It redirected you to Sweet's website. But what did it say? It was a really cute picture of a dog, a, an illustration. Um, it gave you the price was 94 cents because that was the year that they debuted, 1994, and a, plus a small a gas fee. And it gave me immediate utility. I meant this or purchased with a credit card because they're providing a bridge. You get your record of it. And then you have up until July 30th. I remember the whole campaign. You go up till July 30th. So I still have two more weeks to go to go into their store and get a t-shirt with the same little dog and flag on it. Awesome. Right away, I got utility. Well, what does that actually mean? Cool, amazing, I'm in this. I'm gonna go get my t-shirt. But you know what's probably gonna happen statistically? I'm gonna walk out with more purchases because I'm yeah. in their store. I'm in their core store, hub, where, oh, shorts for my daughter, back to school clothes. Oh, that's a cute top. Like, it's all gonna happen. So such a brilliant campaign. They probably don't even, maybe they do know, but I love it. As like an ad, former ad person and like marketer, Love it because it was so, and it wasn't like in your face. It was so quiet. Loved it. Also the the other one, and then one more that I thought was utility was so cool is um, I attended this big festival in Las Vegas called the Electric Daisy Carnival. It's like ED, the Super Bowl of like EDM music. Um, I love that music, but I was invited to go. It was pretty spectacular, pretty awesome. At the festival, they partnered with Coinbase and there was another platform there called Legend, lgnd.art. It's a marketplace similar to like Rarible and OpenSea. They had a collaboration with several artists. I think it was like 10 different artists, like actual artists, not musicians, but some were musicians. Tiesto, who's a popular DJ, was launching his first ever, his Genesis NFT. It's like the an Eagle. It was $100. You could actually mint it there in a kiosk or sign up and do it after the fact. So I'm like, you know what? This is like my R&D. Do I need a Tiesto? NFT, I end up getting it. Guess what? I went to NFT NYC, what, three weeks ago? And I got an email a few days before saying, if you're going to NFT NYC, we have 20 tickets, free, free passes to be on Tiesto's guest list at the Sandbox event. And I said, sure, I'd That's love fun. to go. And I got it. I was one of the 20 because I RCP'd within the time limit. And I guess what? I got access because of my, and they checked my wallet. They could see that I owned it. And I went to this event, which would I've gone to a sandbox event? I'm not, I love sandbox. They're really cool. I'm following them, but I'm not, I don't land in there. Like I'm not really all over that space at this point, but it was so much fun. And so here I am, it's like three in the morning, having a great night. Tiesto was awesome. He did like a three hour um, set. 
Sandbox is crazy. I mean, it was like 300 crazy people, but you know what? It was a lot of fun and immediate utility. So to me, that was a really fun example of utility, immediate. So again, the takeaways, just to tell after those two stories, build your community, develop an action plan and provide immediate utility to keep your team, your uh, consumers, your community members engaged. Drop that up. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So it sounds a little bit like uh, customer retention 3.0, maybe. Customer so. retention 3.0. <laughs> I love it. Can we just say 3.0? Someone should go buy 3.0.io. Yeah. Go get probably. it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is faster? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what do you, uh, do you think? Like, do you see, do you like, what do you think of those takeaways? Like, is that something that you would see? Or I love open conversation. Yeah, 100%. Um, in general, I think the more value you provide, the better, right? In whatever way. Is it uh, through education? Is it through uh, utility? Is it through uh, creating some sort of a social impact or environmental impact? I don't know. Yeah, it's just the value you, you provide and the network effect in the end, right? How many people you impact. And um, yeah, that's... 100% aligned with what you said, basically, right? Immediate utility, I really love that because um, it's not like empty promises, especially we saw that a lot last year and uh, especially current in, in current markets circumstances. It's yes. great having that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having me on here. This is really cool. Likewise, it was really a pleasure talking with you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah. And yeah, wish you a great weekend, everyone watching. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Bye. Bye.